Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. If you're with us, of course, as always, I'm Kenyatta, and with me is the Simon to my girl, Funkle, Jack. <laughs> you <What's> know, <laughs> I, I've always kind of been mad at Paul Simon because he, when I was a young child, I had the biggest crush on Carrie Fisher and he married her. And mm. yes, I understand that I was like nine or 10, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was still, it was still pretty upsetting for me. Understood. When, Understood. when, when he stole princess Leia from me. I mean, it's upset you and means of other prepubescent boys. Right. I mean, probably some girls too, honestly. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I got to say, I was quite happy though when they, when they divorced. So the joys of childhood. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Young and dumb. And, you know, there's that. So <laughs> that, the other part moving on because we are right? family friendly. That is true. That is true. (laughs) So, boy, there hasn't been anything that's occurred in the world since we last uh, recorded at all. I mean, it's it's just been a slow news week. It has. I mean, it's unremarkable. It's unremarkable in its unremarkableness. (laughs) It's been amazingly unremarkable. Mm -hmm. I mean, just... I've never been more doled out in my entire life than the news cycle of the last week. Basically, like I'm looking for news, you know, about raccoons and elephants attacking women's funerals and things like that. That's the height of the news that I've been seeing. Yeah, me t- I actually was so bored with the lack of news that I actually had to go and look up news in foreign countries. And they have some peculiar news stories. You know, it, it was really odd not knowing anything about those countries, but, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <sighs> the big old huge world out there. <sighs> yeah, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Of course, listening friends, you know we're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we, we know what's been going now. We know. Yeah, so let's see. <sighs> Since we recorded last Thursday, the Supreme Court changed Miranda rights, got rid of Roe v. Wade, changed uh, uh, permit carry for sidearms. Is that all that the Supreme Court has done? It just seemed like so much. Oh, Thomas said that next we need to move on getting rid of birth control and gay marriage. On his little aside to the Roe v. Wade thing, um, ironically enough, obviously I don't want this to happen, but the same law that allows for all of those things is also what makes interracial marriage legal. 
So it would be sort of humorous if the state that he lived in made interracial marriage uh, illegal just because it would piss Clarence Thomas off. That's the only reason, folks. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, but well, then let's see. There was only the bombshell Tuesday of young Miss Cassidy Hutchinson, who I tend to believe her since a certain orange man went apeshit over everything she said. So, you know, did I miss anything? Mm, no, no, those are the biggies, I think. Okay. Those are the biggies. Right. It's just hard. Oh, sometimes. oh and, and Joe Rogan uh, has heartily endorsed Ron DeSantos for 2024. You know, that doesn't really surprise me, but if you're, getting presidential endorsements from Joe Rogan, you may have problems. Just saying. There's no living with DeSantos right now because, you know, the rumor is that he's neck and neck amongst Republicans with Trump as far yeah. as popularity is concerned. So you can't tell him nothing. Yeah, I'm sure, especially since Fox is starting to turn on Trump. Mm-hmm. Now, Hannity and Ingram aren't, but that's because they're co-conspirators. Mm-hmm. You you can't let it come out that you knew the entire time that he lost the election. And then, you know, when it comes out and spend the next year and a half saying he won, he won. And then, uh, uh, well, I kind of lied. Can't mm-hmm. do that. You got to double down in his case. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, who doesn't want to be a co-conspirator and an insurrection the world's worst scheme there's trail everywhere can you imagine if he actually had competent people in on it with them it might have worked i would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you meddling democrats (laughs) and your damn dog (laughs) (laughs) Mm. my god Yeah, you know. Bananas, bananas, bananas. So you said for your WTF this week, you wanted to pose a question? I did. So I was thinking on Tuesday as we were watching Cassidy testify, I downloaded an app at work just so I could listen to the whole thing. Um, Let's just say... DOJ finally goes after Trump. He gets indicted. It goes to court. First of all, how are you going to find people to be on a jury that don't know anything about this sort of stuff? So to me, that would make it difficult because I'm telling you right now, if they called me to be on the jury and asked if I could be impartial, I'd be like, no, he's fucking guilty as shit. And not only is he guilty, I think he should be summarily executed. That would probably <laughs> that would probably get you removed from the jury. They get you removed from the building right. by force. Right, right. I might leave the summarily executed part off, but I mean, I mean, you don't have to. Oh. Right. <laughs> so there's there's that question because that I think would make. Jury selection would have to take forever. It would be very difficult to find 12 people and 
whatever the number of alternates there would be. Mm -hmm. That would have to be incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. But let's say that all happens. They find 12 people that could be impartial. They go through the whole thing. They use all of the evidence the select committee has, and then he's found guilty because with all the evidence the select committee has, he would be found guilty. Where do you imprison a former president? You can't put him in a normal prison. What, is Secret Service going to stand outside a cell the whole time? You cannot put the former president, even a horrible orange former president like Trump, in a normal prison. So does he just end up on house arrest? But if he's on house arrest, is it house arrest at Mar-a-Lago? That's not being in prison. That's not being punished for your crime. Do they do like Napoleon and just slap his ass on a fucking island and be like, yeah, here you go, asshole. Get one, yeah, get together with um, what's the guy who owns Virgin? He's got a private island or two. You know what? I hear Jeffrey Epstein's island isn't being used right now. Jesus, <laughs> he's been there before, so he'd be familiar with it. <laughs> but can you imagine having that duty though to actually patrol and look out for him? Yeah, that that's. that's in all seriousness, what, what your viewpoint on Trump is or not, to me, this is a fascinating question. Where would you incarcerate him? Because he can't be in general population. I mean, clearly not. He would have to go to federal prison, but it would have to be, they'd have to put him like in, um, what do they call it? Solid, solitary housing solitary, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have to, and he'd have to come out and, you know, do his, he'd have to get served his meals by himself. He'd have to go do showers and things by himself. He'd have to get rep time by himself, completely by himself. Yeah. To me, that's just sort of an interesting question. And who knows, maybe in the next couple of years, we will be finding out exactly how that happens. I hope so. God, I hope so. Because I think (sighs) that once somebody indicts and he gets charged with something i think the floodgates will open whoever does it first will open the door for everyone else i mean that's it that is how it works when they take down a gang of people one person goes and everybody tumbles like dominoes yeah so so if georgia indicts him for the felony he committed when he called Rassen raffensperger it's on tape you can't say he didn't commit the felony it's literally on tape (laughs) but say georgia does it and then all of a sudden the department of justice does it state of new york does it there's probably other things that he'll end up getting investigated for as well so i hope so i just it's like everybody is coming up to a certain point and then just stopping dead like they just can't bear to pull the trigger so to speak no yeah. pun. <laughs> no <laughs> pun. <laughs> Did you see that Giuliani tweeted? Um, uh, I don't even know who she is, and I never asked for a pardon. And then his next tweet was, she wasn't even in the room when I asked for the pardon, so she wouldn't know. And then like two hours later, that tweet was removed. But things on the internet are forever. Did you ever watch the Chappelle show? I did. It was one you of the remember- greatest shows ever. Comedy wise, mm-hmm. Charlie Murphy's Hollywood stories when they had Nick uh, James. Oh, uh, yeah, 
and your couch. And he said, first Rick James was like, I don't know what they talk about. I don't know nothing about no couch. Very next scene. Yeah, I did it. Fuck <laughs> Eddie Murphy's couch. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a job. <laughs> That's yeah. what they're on. They're on bad, bad strains of cocaine. Right. I don't I don't know how the same bad strain is making the rounds up there in DC, but it is because <laughs> they're all it is. they're all operating they're, under the same delusion. They're all on it. My favorite Chappelle skits were the one where he's talking about my grandma always said it's great to be the first to do something unless you were black, because that means that it was something normal that wasn't allowed to be done before. Mm-hmm. And then it was the skit, the guy that worked in the factory and he had to go to the restroom and he's like, I wasn't going to make it down to the basement. <laughs> and so they had that fake court case. That was one of the funnier ones. And then of course the, uh, the blind black Ku Klux Klan grand dragon. Was... Oh my gosh. That is, that was brilliant. That's. <laughs> woo. Do you want me to take this robe off? And his handler's like, no. No. <laughs> no. He's good for the movement. Yeah. <laughs> is he? And then, it, <laughs> and then at the end, he divorced his wife of 30 years. Cause Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what got me was like the seriousness of it all. Like they had the guy with the host and mm, there. I said it. Yeah. I'm like, what? Ugh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously the Charlie Murphy things are funny. Oh know. yeah, those are those, those are forever classics. But may he rest in peace. But yeah, when they come, oh, maybe may they all rest in peace. Jeez, Charlie Murphy, Prince, Rick James. Yeah, I know. Gosh, I know. Even Prince thought that skit was funny. He I actually, know. He made a song called "Breakfast Can't Wait." <laughs> And on the cover of the single is Dave Chappelle in his Prince outfit, holding a platter of pancakes. I shit you not. Look it up. That's, I will. I will. That's glorious. And the that song is, is the song is bomb because you know Prince can write a song for anything. So uh, apparently Prince, that's not bullshit. Apparently Prince was an amazing point guard. But yeah, he was. He played in high school. Yeah, and if he I, wasn't four foot one or whatever it was, he probably could have gone to. School. Uh, college over it i think reports were five four five five yeah maybe just one more reason to hate prince it wasn't enough that he could play every instrument he could sing you know he could dance all the women found him attractive he had to be good at basketball too correct correct Uh, anyway so yeah that that, that was my question yeah we're gonna get back on the rails (laughs) that, that was my question though i just think that's sort of a interesting question that i has never happened before you know and I, the closest might be jefferson davis in in some ways because i believe he had been a senator before he left to be the president of the confederacy but even then that's different i mean they had him in prison at one point here where i live at over in uh fort monroe mm-hmm. and then that place is now historical uh not monument, but they deemed the whole base. It's an inactive military base now, but it's a whole historical area. And you can actually, um, I don't know if they reopened, reopened that area for tours, but years ago, I remember going on a tour of mm-hmm. where they kept him at. I'm trying to think of what they called it. Um, uh, Cause it faced the water. It was part of the, the defense of the coast. Right. 
um, here in uh, this part of Virginia on the peninsula. It's going to come to me later on what the, what the thing was called, but yeah. Yeah. All I think markers. it's important, even though Jefferson Davis, you know, that whole traitory racist slave owning thing, but yeah, it's still that. important to, for history to see where he was imprisoned afterwards and to know about it. Oh, it's called a casemate. That's what it is. <sighs> okay. Casemate. Right. Um, and it was interesting because you, when you walk through it, the ceilings are low, mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe six foot, maybe, maybe a little less than that. So my height, I didn't have to duck down per se, but I did feel, I did feel like I needed to, you know, do a lot of crouching here and there, especially right. the doorways. And it was because when it was built, the average height of men was shorter than it is now yep so it was built in mind with men and their average height at the time during the 1800s i was like huh interesting I'm like, yeah I'm like, I'm like were they many men what what the heck <laughs> they they were <laughs> they were they were small men i would i would duck down a little going through the doorways so yeah that was an interesting bit of history so yeah yeah definitely for sure America. Well, I guess let's move on. Folks, we're going to do something slightly different today because Kenyatta is not going to do her typical WTF because there was so much WTFing that Kenyatta wanted to talk about, perhaps loudly. And so we are going to go on, uh, on a journey as Kenyatta goes on a diatribe and I've got my popcorn ready, <laughs> my, my whiskey bottles here. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, but no, in all seriousness, um, Kenyatta would like to get some, some thoughts out of the way <laughs> and a WTF just wasn't enough. It, it's not. I mean, I'm going to have one, in a more wide open context than I usually would. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, with that, I am going to hand over the reins mm. to Garfunkel. This is the sound of silence. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, if you know, you know. Okay. So, as we said at the top of the, the podcast, after we got done joking, yes, there's been a lot that's happened in the past week. And um, namely, the day after we finished up our, our, our previous episode uh, was when the decision regarding Roe versus Wade came down. And um, it wasn't entirely a shocker, considering the fact that a draft had been leaked um, last month which was all but confirmed to be the actual final decision that just didn't happen officially until uh, the 24th of June. So what that means in overturning Roe versus Wade is that uh, safe and legal abortions are no longer covered by the Constitution. Instead, the decision on how to handle those things has been returned back to the states, which... At the time we're speaking, 
and it may change before this week is out, roughly half of the states in the union have some law on the books either restricting or outright banning abortion. And, and some of those bans include under all conditions, regardless if someone is pregnant due to rape or incest, or if that pregnancy may result in harming the life of the expected mother. So on that note, did you see that there's a state, I believe it's in committee. It hasn't been passed as a bill yet, but if a woman has a miscarriage, she will have to prove that it was a miscarriage and not an abortion. There has already been a case of that nature. Not too long ago, and I, 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 I just like you, I can't remember the state. I mean, it may have been, I don't know why I want to say New Mexico or Arizona or something, but there was a case similar to that some months ago where a woman miscarried and she was taken to court and charged, what I think it was in involuntary manslaughter, um, where the insinuation was made that she deliberately caused the miscarriage because unfortunately she was an addict. And she had been clean for a while until she found out she was pregnant. Some months after, you know, she found out, unfortunately, she started using again, had a miscarriage. And the claim was made that her drug use caused it. She only was found not guilty because there was no proof that what she was doing caused a miscarriage because a miscarriage can happen regardless of what a mother does or doesn't do. Right. But the fact that that particular case saw inside of a courtroom at all, like you're punishing this woman. Yeah. There's no way you can prove that. Or, or, or is what we're going to do is when a, when a female turns 10, like implant a camera in their uterus so that you can maybe see a fetus, you know, the placenta unattach and, you know, Hey, we've got it. Got cameras. On when the miscarriage started, see it was natural. They're like, we have we have rumors floating around. This is how nutty that this news has made things. There's rumors flying around right now that are warning women or people with uteruses to 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 remove their menstrual cycle tracking apps off of their phones. Yeah, it's ridiculous. First of all. There's nothing to that. They can't do and Nobody can do anything with that information, even if they got a hold of it. But the fact that this has caused such, such a level of anxiety and paranoia is nauseating, to say the least. In that, I'm going to touch on this point first before I forget it. And we, we talked about this a couple of times in previous episodes about the the book and more notably the show The Handmaid's Tale, which reflects or talks about a uh, dystopian future with a patriarchal theocracy that has put all fertile women into bondage to be used as cattle to give birth to healthy babies because there's a there's a fertility crisis in the United States. And women are losing their flack in minds and saying it's handmaid's tale, it's handmaid's tale, which is not necessarily far off. I know. But you... 
That was I'm the sorry. other thing. Mm -hmm. They eroded the separation of church and state yes. by ruling that a states and schools can pay for people to go to private Christian schools oh, yeah. and the prayer at the 50 yard line. So yeah. that ties in exactly with what you're saying with the handmaiden tell mm -hmm. it to be in a theocracy. Mm -hmm. And then you also had uh, alumnus of the program, Lauren Bobart on stage talking about how she wants a theocracy and we need to get rid of the separation of church and state. So anyway, that, <laughs> Tied really? into what you're saying completely, talking about handmaiden still. So I, I throw the ball back to you. Clearly, Bobart has not paid attention to the plot of Handmaid's Tale because she would be a subservient. She may be somebody's wife, but she would have zero power right. in, that, in that kind of setup because that's exactly how the story goes. Even the women um, of notable government figures in the handmaid's tale they have no power right none they're just there for decorations so clearly she didn't pay attention there either I, and that that's not surprising I'm, I'm gonna say she didn't pay attention is probably something that can be frequently said about her clearly but my thing about the references again to the handmaid's tale because this isn't the first time in general that that women have have brought up or alluded to that. My issue with it is, and unfortunately this tends to be, in my perception, this tends to be the way the story goes when things like this happen. It doesn't, it's not a serious problem until it happens to them. Right. In that, again, the story, The Handmaid's Tale, the story is about uh, commodifying women, basically turning them into reproductive cattle. Right. Little humans. And that kind of thing has been happening for women of color for decades. The controlled and the loss of bodily autonomy, basically, which is what this boils down to. The loss of being able to make decisions for your own self, by your own self. Right. Which is what the loss of role versus weight amounts to is not being able to decide what someone chooses to do with their own body. That's been happening for yeah. forever to women of color. And yet you have certain corners here and there that will tell those stories and be outraged and disgusted and rightfully so, because we talked about you and I, Jack, we talked about that. Um, I touched on it briefly um, when um, we talked about, Fannie Lou Hamer back in February that mm -hmm. she was a victim of forced sterilization. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, and let's be honest. It's not just uh, women of color. It's been men of color too that yes. have lost body autonomy. So yes. Yes. Yeah. The Tuskegee experiments namely. Yeah. Um, so there's always been that, that, that another legacy of the United States there's, it's always been here, but now because this is a loss that's going to impact white women in greater numbers than ever before, now it's it's cause for concern. So I've been seeing a lot of opinions on social media about women, you know, sharing memes and things or quotes from The Handmaid's Tale um, under his eye is one of the quotes they use a lot. Um, Blessed be the fruit is another one. And then there, there's a meme showing um, 
women in the so-called outfits or costumes that the handmaids are made to wear in the television show and things like that. Me personally, I actually changed my profile picture on my Facebook to one of those memes. I didn't do it just for this. I did it for me as a reminder that now it's happening to white women. Now, all of a sudden, it's important. That's what had me most angry about the second most angry thing, I guess, what happened with Roe v. Wade is that now it's a problem. Now there's hand wringing. Now they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Yes. And they're rightfully upset. They should be. Absolutely. Things need to happen. They didn't happen in time, unfortunately. And we have to go back to 2016. And those women that decided that Trump was a good idea because if Trump had never been elected, he would have never been able to put three conservative judges on the Supreme Court. And we would probably wouldn't be looking at this right now. Mm, yeah. So I'm wondering, are they are any of them stopping to question themselves how this came to be? And I'm not saying they're obviously there were obviously things in motion before Trump ever made an office that were trying to ensure this happened. Oh, yeah, this was a 47-year-old plan. Yes. So I'm not saying it just started in 2016, but that was probably the last most important piece of the puzzle to fall into place, was to get him in office and then having three opportunities to place conservative judges where he wanted them to, to make this happen because he could. And to be perfectly honest, that was probably the most successful thing he did in his entire term. And that's saying a lot for me to give him any kind of praise. I won't even call it that. Nope, strike that from the record. I'm not praising him. I'm just saying for as far as what he and his rabid pack of conservatives wanted to do, that was probably the most successful thing that they were able to come up with. Everything else was dust. That worked out. Yeah. So, and that's saying a lot. Honestly, that 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 was this, that was a successful thing. That unnerves me to really think about. It. I didn't want to think about him having anything successful happen during his term, but there it is. And in that vein, last Friday, not too long after the reversal of Roe versus Wade was announced, Representative Mary Miller of Illinois got up Mm -hmm. yeah my my cringe meter just went off yeah got up to introduce her megalomaniac idol Trump at a rally um and said quote President Trump on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. Yeah, and then she tried to cover it up. She misspoke. No, she that's a to, misspoke. She said she meant to say rights to life. Right. No. Here's the fun thing about Freudian slips. That's still all you. <laughs> that's still all you. It wasn't yeah. like. It wasn't like you had a head, an earphone in and you heard somebody say something in your ear and you said that. No, this was just your own subconscious getting loose. This is this is what you this is what you're really thinking. And you said it. 
Yeah, she may have meant the other thing. That might have been what was written. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. She may have meant to read what was in the speech mm-hmm. that was written that way, mm-hmm. but her actual thought is what came out because yeah. what was in the speech was too close to what her actual thought process was, and that's why it came out that way. Oopsie. But she's thanking him. And in a back in a back ass a back ass words way, yeah, she can't thank him. He made that last piece possible, finally. And you yeah. there, you know, there's, you know, all the rest of the day on Friday that all I'm seeing, and I really wanted to sign out of internet, out of the internet, and out of life the rest of that day, because all I was seeing was pictures of these pro-life protesters crying and laughing for joy. On whose behalf? Why are you happy? Why are you happy? Are you happy because this decade, this decades long mission that can, that collectively conservatives have been on to shoot this down as far as successful? Is that because, because it's the end of your mission? Or are you happy because you think you're saving lives? I don't buy that. I don't buy either, either part. Right. Honestly, it's none of your business is what it boils down to. It's not about saving lives. It's not about any of that. It's just about control. And I need the people to stop bullshitting and saying it's about saving lives or protecting children or any shit like that, because it's not. And this leads me into my other. Are you fucking kidding moment? And this one I didn't even hear about until recently. Apparently, back on the day of the school shooting in Texas, May 24th, last month, our old friend, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, running for governor of Arkansas, she made a campaign promise saying, quote, we will make sure that when a kid is in the womb, they're as safe as they are in a classroom, the workplace, a nursing home. Because every stage of value, every stage of life has value, no one greater than the other. Has, has she ever been in a nursing home? The I mean, they're not exactly most of more often than not, they're not great places. The fact that she made this the same day as the tragedy in Uvalde, no one told her silly tale. What just happened? Nobody. I'm I'm going to go with a different thing. Or they told him, she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and say what I want to say. That's the option I'm going with. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? They don't, at the probably at the time that she made this speech, bits and pieces of the story were still coming out. Of course, we didn't have the full, the fuller extent of the story until days later. But you have the balls to know what happened and still come out of your mouth and say that. I know. How tone deaf are you? Like, the, like I'm saying, they all must be on the same strain of bad, bad cocaine. Seriously. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> the, the delusion is pervasive and it is strong. It is strong like... The force strong. Like, these are not the droids you're looking for strong. Like, 
it's touched everybody now and it's gross I, I, okay yeah um on that on this subject when you were talking about it's not about saving lives so i don't remember some of the states you know that have completely banned plan b mm. um well i don't know if this is true i didn't look it up but i did see a thing that one of the plan b drugs is also a drug used for cancer treatment and so now people that have been on this drug for cancer treatment they can't get it because this drug is now illegal in their state so it doesn't matter if you have cancer or not because when they wrote the law they didn't pay attention to crap like that because all that well this is used for this so we got to ban it and they didn't i guess nobody bothered to check is it used for other medical things and of course there's something in life that I like to refer to as the law of unintended consequences, mm. because nobody can ever foresee every consequence of actions that you take. And no. especially when you're dealing with, you know, situations like laws and whatnot, you just can't imagine everything that a law once it's put into place, can change. And this is an, a prime example of that. They were so gung-ho on, we can't have a plan B pill that will cause an abortion, so we have to ban the pill. Yeah, but it might help people with cancer feel better. Ah, scroll. Anyway, that, that's one of the things that has really just sort of irritated me because how many people does that, you know, choice now affect negatively i think we're going to hear more about that as, as the weeks and the months go on and apparently with the majority opinion that was issued about roe v wade it came um, a concurring opinion from clarence yeah okay he, you can say it it's fine um <laughs> I, I could tell based on the look on your face that you might have thrown up a little bit had you said it so I was helping you out. Where he pretty much says, maybe we ought to take a look at these three other cases that um, may fall under these same guidelines that we just disavowed Roe versus Wade over. Let's go ahead and take a look at those. One of them was Griswold versus Connecticut, 1965 little history on that. In 1879, Connecticut passed a law that banned the use of any drug, medical device, or other instrument in furthering contraception. A gynecologist at the Yale School of Medicine, C. Lee Buxton, opened a birth control clinic in New Haven in conjunction with Estelle Griswold, who was the head of Planned Parenthood in Connecticut. They were arrested and convicted of violating the law, and their convictions were affirmed by higher state courts. Their plan was to use the clinic to challenge the constitutionality of the statute under the 14th Amendment before the Supreme Court, which, and you may or may not have heard of this case, they did end up winning, which basically said, hey, ladies, you can use birth control. That's, that's pretty much the gist of, of that particular ruling. Yeah. But the fact that there had to be one at all once again, points to how many, how many of these major cases that have been decided 
or have used parts of the 14th Amendment, which I will gladly read for you because I have my handy dating constitution. Sure. How, ma- how many rulings were based on parts of the 14th and some of it, the Fifth Amendment? Basically in privacy, like saying, yeah, you can do what you want to because it's you, it's your body. You have the right to privacy. Yeah. There's more than just Roe v. Wade that was that utilized the 14th Amendment as a basis for it. And what blows my mind still at this particular point was how does the Constitution and its amendments, still the same as when they were written and ratified centuries ago, how all of a sudden do they not protect anybody? Right. The only thing that's changed are the people and the viewpoints and the perspective used to examine them. That's it. Yep. And you mean to tell me all of a sudden, nah, the, the government and the Constitution can't protect this. It's up to the states. Well, the last big thing I remember hearing about that, you know, the states had the right to do was <gasps> on slaves. So, again, taking the rights out of people's hands to conduct themselves and live their lives the way they want to. You're going to leave it back again to the states. And how many more things are we going to leave to the states, especially considering that the states, especially those that are Republican led, decide that they can run people's lives better than those old people can? We're not talking about just about abortion. We're talking about education. I know. We're talking about LGBTQ rights. And the list goes on and on and on. So now, we can end up being a country more or less divided in half. One who's who's under what do you want to call it? The ball and chain weight of conservatives who really think they have the right answers for everybody. Never mind that the majority of people uh, are in favor of having an abortion as a choice. Yeah. Not that they necessarily agree with the idea of it, but they agree with women and people with uteruses having a choice to have it. Never mind the majority of people in this country believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Republican, the Republican Party in the states that they they govern over had decided, nah, y'all don't know any better. We're gonna go ahead and do this instead. Yeah. And you know, while we're on talking to the Constitution after this happened, you know, there's been talk of should Biden in the Congress do what is referred to as stack the court, Hmm. which is basically making it to where you can add more justices Mm -hmm. onto the court. Mm -hmm. And it's always stacking the court is the wrong thing to call it because it sounds quite negative. Now I do know that um, FDR tried to stack the court and he was doing it for a not good reason um but the constitution actually doesn't say anything in it i looked this up about the number of justices on the supreme court mm-hmm. when you're sort of being taught about the supreme court and everything it's kind of made to sound like in the constitution it says nine justices mm-hmm. is the amount of justices to have uh-uh. no the uh, the constitution says that the number of justices on the Supreme Court is a matter that is held by Congress. Mm-hmm. If Congress wanted to have 20 justices on the Supreme Court, they could. Mm-hmm. It's and just so, been a rule of thumb 
for decades to have as many as they've had. Oh, I, longer than decades. It's, yeah, it's probably. I think it was like, if I remember correctly, it was like the 1870s or something when it changed. Um, I'm probably wrong on when it happened, but it's been over a hundred years. And um, if Congress wanted to change it, Congress can. They just never have, and it's sort of. I don't know. It should maybe be known that you're not stacking the court. You're just changing it because maybe, maybe in 2022, a nine person decider board isn't the right number of people. Maybe it should be more. It's not, it's not the number it's the makeup. Well, yeah, I no, I get that as well. Yeah. But I mean, when, when it comes to, when it comes to the, the day that the days that we're in now, that's that's never been more obvious that it's yeah. the makeup. And considering that, <clears throat> excuse me, two of the justices that were on the majority opinion had said, no, nah, we're not going to mess with it. We have no intent of doing anything to Roe versus Wade. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they, okay. they flat out lied. But, oh, sure. Yeah, you know, my I guess my point was that maybe it's time to have a few more people on there. Now, <laughs> maybe if you did it, what you should do is say you want to bump it up to, I don't know, because it's got to be, I guess, an odd number 13. So maybe it's a situation where you don't have four justices come in at once. Maybe you have like a five-year period where it's, you had two justices and then five years later, you had two more. I don't know. I'm obviously or- not the man to figure this out. That way or they maybe. don't all croak at the same time, I guess is or, why I was saying that. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Or you can consider having actual terms, limits. That, that is also something that I think should be an amendment that we look at. Because that mm-hmm. term limits on Supreme Court justices would require an amendment to the Constitution, yes. which I'm down for. I don't have a problem Absolutely. There needs to be amendments. There needs to be term limits on oh, basically everybody. Honestly, at the, at the federal level, honestly, because yeah. you can't have a country that that needs to evolve the way this country needs to evolve and still have the same kinds of people at the highest levels still operating with the same stale ass mindsets. You can't do it. Yeah. We're, looking, we're looking at the results of it right now. This is a big old huge log jam. So, and it's just going to get more and more frustrating as we go along. Even if what justice, <clears throat> even if uh, we go along with what Justice Tap Dance wants to do and re-examine those cases, all of which were based on in part under, uh, were based on some part, the 14th Amendment, um, the right to use birth control. Uh, the right for uh, the LGBT community to both have relations and marry one another. Again, all of these things that we're talking about are nobody's business, but that person's. Correct. And And this also includes oral sex and butt stuff. I mean, those are the 14th. No, I get that. That's (laughs) what those are the laws or this same stuff is what allowed those mm-hmm. uh, oral mm-hmm. sodomy laws to become, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, where it was no longer enforceable. 
but that, that that's the wild thing about it. We're talking about things that are happening between consenting adults. Right. Who the fuck's business is it but those consenting adults? That's what it really boils down to me. And I probably I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't feel embarrassed to saying it. Maybe it makes me sound naive or simple. But as long as we're talking about consenting adults doing what they want to and it doesn't interfere or harm anyone else, leave it alone. Because for the majority, the judges on the majority opinion about Roe versus Wade to write 213 pages of why they need to be in other people's business is, it blows my fucking mind. 213 pages for you to say, hey, uh, we don't think the Constitution protects anyone's right to be able to do this because we believe in protecting innocent lives. What? What? I don't know. So what you've just done is um, open the floodgates. And I mean, they can just sit back and say, hmm. With the knowledge, basically, that they are pretty much untouchable, they would literally have to go out and I would I was going to say shoot somebody in broad daylight, but we saw what happened with Trump. That, and that doesn't really so. stop anything. Yeah, yeah, it really doesn't. So being pretty much untouchable and being able to literally sit at the highest pinnacles in government and say, yeah, this is good. No, this isn't. And then know that you can make. If you can make up any reason you want to as to why you say this is legal and this is not, or this is protected and this is not, that's nonsense. Like the only thing that has changed between 1973 and now is the people interpreting it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep. (laughs) And the, excuse me, the thing people forget is that court that was made up in 1973, Mm -hmm. they were, for the most part, if what I heard was correct, they were all nominated by not all, but the majority was nominated by Republicans and mm-hmm. they were considered conservatives at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a conservative decision that did it. And mm-hmm. at the time, 75% of pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention were for Roe versus Wade. They were for it. Most evangelicals didn't care at the time. It wasn't an issue. It became an issue because of our boy, Jerry Falwell. And that's kind of, I guess that's, I guess I won't even say, I guess that's the other part that annoys the piss out of me is that we pay we, people, people in the government pay homage or lip service to separation of church and state. We just talked about this not too long, you know, earlier in the episode. But then turn around and base their reasoning about why abortion is wrong on a lot of things they swear are biblical, which you can't really verify in the Bible. You can't. Yeah, no. You can't. But they say life begins at conception. Where'd you get that from? Science doesn't say that. Well, especially in the old, the Old Testament says life begins at first breath. Hello. Right. So if considering that we do not 
yet, living in theocracy. How do you base your reasoning on anything out of the Bible? When there's supposed to be a clear separation right. of church and state, which has never really happened. I don't know who's, I don't know who we're fooling here. Yeah. Also, but, I believe in Leviticus, <clears throat> there's actually directions on how to, how and when for a woman to have an abortion. I've heard that. I've heard it. I haven't read it, but I've heard that's what it says. Yeah. That, so sure. that's what I'm saying. Why? Why are people like trying to play the game? In other words, why are you masking your real reasons for wanting this to happen behind religion or science when you clearly don't understand the science and you're manipulating the religion or yeah. the religious texts, I, I should say. And it's not even really. <clears throat> it's none of that. It's not religion, honestly. It's their version of Christianity. Sure. Because sure. the very people that always are complaining about they need to allow prayer in school prayer has never been outlawed in school if you're a no. student in school and the test coming up and you want to pray you can pray mm -hmm. nothing stops you from doing it however before you start taking your test your teacher can't say everybody hold hands and let's pray correct that's the difference right and you can't it, that's the major difference but i promise you that these very people that want prayer back in school and all of that if it was an islamic teacher that wanted to, or an Islamic coach that wanted to go to the 50 yard line and pray after a game, they would have problems with that. Mm -hmm. If it was someone that was Hindu, they would have mm -hmm. issues with that. So it's not really for them that they want to allow religion back in school. It's they want only their, you know, only Christianity because all other religions, those need to be separate from everything. Which is absolute bullshit because this is not a Christian nation. Right. I don't know if they've checked lately. It's not supposed to be any kind of religious right. nation. It's, it's either all trick, or none. Pretty much. But just like you said, all, this one is the good one. All the rest of them are bad. And depending on which practitioner or which religion you talk to, they can say the same about every other religion besides theirs. Well, they all do. And the funny thing about Christianity is what? There's a thousand denominations worldwide of Christianity yeah. and mm -hmm. You know, 990 of them think the other 999 are wrong. There's probably 10 that don't feel that way. Yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody keeps, they keep trying to camouflage their reason behind one religion or the other, science. Clearly, you don't understand science. You don't have to be a biologist to understand the basics about what happens between conception and birth. You, you don't, it doesn't take a whole lot of study. There's 10 billion and one places on the internet because Google is your friend for mm -hmm. you to go and find, you can find nice illustrated and even animated things that will show you the gestational periods of from fertilization all the way up through each month, each week, each trimester shows you exactly what's happening. And most people, and I've seen this, this meme go around, not just lately, but in years past, mm -hmm. showing four different kinds of fetuses. And most people could not pick out the human one because yep. you just don't know. And science says you just don't know until a certain point, even within scientific communities, there's a debate. And at what point can you tell whether or not there's life in the fetus? Yeah, there's, and on that one with the four, apparently dolphin is the one that most frequently gets sure. picked as the human, the dolphin. 
Yes. I'm, yeah, I've seen it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, folks, y'all don't even know. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I no. just felt that was sort of important to what you were saying. <laughs> it is. It is. And that just lets you, that just lets you know that there are more sheep in the world than, yeah. I'll put it this way, there are more sheep who do not know that they are sheep because they're bleeding the same thing. They just think they're the special sheep. Right. No, you're still sheep. You just, you're just, you're in this field instead of in this one. But yep. you're calling the other group of sheep sheep. When the other group of sheep just happen to have the same opinion, most likely because it's the more accurate one. But see, there's no telling, there's no telling folks in the other field that they're not sheep, even though they're eating the grass, even though they're getting taken one by one every spring to get shaved. But they're not sheep. Yeah. They can't be because they're not going to be told what to do and they're not going to be forced into what to think or what to believe. And this is one of those things. And, this, and in the, and, mm. the big irony of ironies is if you look through history, when any type of country or kingdom or anything sort of goes to like a dictator type person, generally speaking, once that person gets power, you know who they start eliminating first. They don't eliminate the lower end of their political enemy enemies, they eliminate the higher ups of the people that got them in that position. Mm -hmm. Because do you want to, the best way to shut up your political enemies is to kill your supporters sure, or to imprison your supporters or mm -hmm. to take out your supporters. Mm -hmm. Because if you'll do that to the people that put you in power, God what knows you what you'll to do to the people that are your enemy. Absolutely. It, it, Hitler did it. Stalin did it. Stalin actually did it about every 10 years or so. <laughs> I think uh, I think Mao did it in China. Um, I'm pretty sure Jubilee uh, yeah, and Haiti Hussein, did it. Hussein Both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hussein did it. Yeah. Castro. Yeah. That's just, I mean. Mm. <sighs> well, I mean, here's my thing. And all of this is, I shouldn't be as surprised. No, I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be as shocked as I am with all the different ways, all the different kinds of fallout that's happened behind this. Between, you know, all of a sudden being a priority because of who it's affecting to, you know, all of a sudden the same old quote unquote reasonings for why it's a bad thing coming back up. I shouldn't be as I guess shouldn't be surprised in seeing this happen the way it's happening. It just amazes me that and I used to call this kind of blatant um ignorance like a mental illness. But then I realized that's an insult to people who actually have mental illnesses because something is going on with them that they can't control. Right. These people, they can control it. They just choose to do and say what it is they need to say. Maybe they, they may, maybe they thoroughly believe it, but I, I'm, I'm beginning to really, really believe now that it's all underneath all of it, underneath every scummy little layer of the stuff they say and do and things like this that happen. It's fear. It's just fear and loathing. And what they're afraid of. What replacement? I don't think so. 
it's just, it, is it power, loss of power? I, it's probably part of it. But I, I genuinely think that some of these people really believe that they just won't be as important as they believe, as they believe they need to be. As this country continues to, I, I hope, evolve, I still have that hope that we're not regressing and taking like 30, 40 years back steps. But maybe they'll think that as this country continues to evolve and grow, that they'll they'll get lost. They'll get lost and they don't know how to play catch up. So they'll keep they'll keep playing the games that they've been playing. They'll keep taking pages out of that same conservative rule book like we were talking about in the one episode. Um, gosh, what was it about again? Like the roots of the conservative party? Oh, when we were talking, well, I mean, there's the John Birch Society with Robert yeah. Welsh. There was mm-hmm. still a Sheffley that she started a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, what is now the mainstream Republican Party, got their start sort of with these various groups in the 50s, and they were considered extreme, like the regular Republican parties, like mm-hmm. these guys are fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And now that's like the position of the Republican party. Believe it or not, I really am thinking that's, that's more of a minority in the Republican party, but they're the most vocal. They're the ones that have been getting shit done because mm-hmm. they're the ones that have been keeping their noses down to the grindstone all these years and kept pushing for it. Yep. And that's probably the saddest part of it all. They got their shit done. They knew they were a minority. They were the damn underdog here. And they managed, they're managing getting this kind of stuff done. Meanwhile, right now, the Democrats are about two steps behind. And that's depressing. So yeah. which, way, which way do you go with it now? Like with the midterm elections coming up here this year, and then the next presidential election in two and a half years, where do you go from here? Yeah. Like who's going to do what for you? Right. I will say it was a good sign in Colorado. There was that lady that was the in charge of her county's election board. And mm. she was basically she got caught cheating. Mm. Guess what, folks? She was a Republican. Yes. And she got caught cheating. And I don't know the exact legal thing, but I do know that she was banned for life for ever running an election in that county. Mm-hmm. So what is what does this lady do? She runs for Secretary of State of Colorado. What is one of the duties of the Secretary of State? They run Colorado's elections. She's heavy MAGA. She's a QAnon person. But fortunately, she lost. Mm-hmm. So that was at least a a good sign. But you know, then you get back to something like the state where I live, where you have a guy that's currently a congressman that's running for Senate to replace uh, Inhofe, who's retiring. And he was one of those guys that they actually showed him crouching on the floor, scared when people were coming. And then, of course, later on, it wasn't a big deal. There was no issues whatsoever. Well, now he might be a senator from our state. He's also kind of a QAnon. I found Um, this news exciting that the Secretary of Education was happy to announce they are passing a bill banning all CRT education materials from Oklahoma classrooms. We will not have our children indoctrinated. What the fuck are you talking about indoctrinated? Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was a bill that was passed um, this last session. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we discussed in last week's episode, mm. 
CRT is strangely very, very important. <laughs> the fact, though, I just finally saw the video that he made, though, the other day. He was so hyped up. I promise you, the first thing I thought of when I saw the video and heard how he was talking, I thought I was looking at a member of a cult. Yeah, we will yeah. not indoctrinate our children. We will teach them to be proud of America, the greatest country in the world. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think he's in a runoff, so there's actually a chance that he may lose in the runoff. Hmm. I don't know, but I think his campaign has more cash than the uh, his opponent. And I'm not sure who on the Democrat side is running for that position because the previous Secretary of Education um was a woman named joy hoffmeister and she was a republican and she hates our current governor so much she switched parties so she could run against him <laughs> see that's what i'm talking about that's having the courage of your convictions and doing something about it instead of fucking posting memes and crying about it and sitting over there sick about it and wringing your hands oh my god what are we gonna do now there's plenty that you can do at yeah. one position and another. Nobody's telling you to go run for office. Yeah. In my opinion, what I am saying is there is no need, and this may sound heartless, and I'm sorry that it does, but there's no need to sit there and have this cloud over the rest of your, the normal course of your life. Do what you can do. Talk to who you can talk to. Reach out to your state legislators. That's where it counts. Regardless of what anybody else is talking about right now, and regardless of how disillusioned a lot of us are with how things are going, it still matters. Your state level and your city level representatives matter. Find out, I, what, their, find out what their positions are, especially when it comes to reproductive rights. At, at this point, I would say your state level almost matters more yes. because since 2020, those are the people that are making the most changes. Mm -hmm. They're the one, you know, to make elections free and fair, you can't hand out water to people that are in line or hmm. bring pizza for them. Yeah. How the hell does that make something fair? No. And, you know, get rid of cheating. What are they putting? Was something in the well, never mind. They probably actually believe there's something in the water that'll make you vote. No, it's, it's all about. It's it, that kind of shit. All that's about yeah. is just denying people's humanity. That's oh, yeah. No, yeah. 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 It, it's not what they're that's saying it. it's for, but that's my point. This is why yeah. it's so important at the state level, because right now that's where all the real shitty shit mm -hmm. is happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've seen Jurassic Park, the first one, the original classic, the I best just, one. I just saw it again the other day. Remember the scene? When Dr. Malcolm's walking up and there's the sick triceratops, it, his response is, that's one big pile of shit. Yes. That is like the Republican legislatures in a lot of states right now. Yes. Yes. Yep. So. And also, that he said later, life will always find a way. I digress. Point being is, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm kind of over singing the hand wringing and the sobbing on the Shea lounges in petticoats, honestly. And I'm a woman and I'm saying this, I'm, I don't, I, I don't, I can't stand seeing it anymore. Namely no. because it's, it's not a new thing. It's just right now what served as protection for some of the most privileged people in this country is no longer that. And now they're all over the place. I need you. I need you to have been all over the place before now. 
I need you to be all over the place about shit that affects people that don't look like you. That's what I need to have happen. I need the fucking Democrats to stop being four fucking steps behind everything. I need a lot of stuff to happen. But I know that you and I sitting here talking about it seems like maybe it's a bunch of the same kind of nothing, but it's not because there's so many people who can't even have these kinds of conversations without either breaking down in tears because you're telling them how awful people that they are when it's not personal or they get defensive and angry and just blame the issue on somebody else, some little boogeyman that doesn't exist right. somewhere, somewhere in the dirty streets of Chicago, something, some, some boogeyman that they can place the blame on and say, it's not my fault. It's this, or it's this or blah, blah, blah. And all it comes down to is just everybody that has control. Well, I don't want to say it that way. It is all about control, but it's about making the most and controlling what you have available to you at this point, I think. And if it means just having conversations, because again, I'll say it over and over again. I think you agree with me. The most potent changes need to happen at a very personal level. And those things aren't happening fast enough or not at all. Because if anything was happening backstage or behind closed doors, we would see it up front. We wouldn't see these kind of decisions being made from millions of other people. We wouldn't see it happening if people were able to have these conversations. But no, the day that Supreme Court justices are basically being peer pressured. And that's what that's what I called it when I thought it. I was like, this ain't nothing but peer pressure. I swear it is. Yeah. Peer pressure into writing a bullshit 213 page opinion about saving lives. When all it ever was is about we just want control. And we're here to tell you we think we have the lion's share of it right now. And you know what? They kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. You have to be willing to, you have to be willing to absorb and take in new information. And maybe the thing that you thought was pure and good, in fact, didn't start out pure and good. Mm -mm. Maybe it is now, but maybe it didn't start out that way. Mm -mm. And you need to know the history that it started out shitty. (laughs) Yeah. And again, that's, I don't know how many times you can say is that's never been a knock against anybody on a personal level. It's not. We talk about, you probably heard it, Jack, and some of the things you've, you've read here and there. And I know I've heard it and read it when the thing called quote unquote whiteness is talked about. It's not about anybody personal. It's about the institution of white privilege and how it's always been here. Yeah. And the minute the wrong person says that to another white person, they're like, <gasps> But, I, but I'm not like that. How dare you? You're racist. Oh, my God. And that's how a lot of these conversations end up going. Yeah. You know, it's a, it is a tough pill to swallow to decide to, um, as I'm sure you probably saw on Facebook yesterday, last couple of days, I just sort of posted about how I have changed as a person. Um, not that I was like a horrible, shitty racist. Fundamentally, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> zip it um but i decided to start you know to quote paul harvey to know the rest of the story Mm -hmm. and i started going in deeper into things to know the history of things how you know we may be at step m now but i wanted to know how we started at step a in all of the steps and it was a you know, it was a tough pill to swallow that some of the people that maybe I thought were 
maybe not great people. I mean, I don't necessarily think people are great, but people that like I respected or whatever, it turns out they're that pile of shit in Jurassic Park that was just polished. And the more you have to be willing to accept that people that you thought were one way are in fact, that was a public persona while you're deep diving things. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to accept that your opinion in, can change as you get new information. Or just like both you and I have grown and evolved in, in learning things that helps turn our perspectives a different way than they may have been before, those other people did too. And you're right. It's not like they're a huge pile of dinosaur shit. They may be a tiny pile of tiny prehistoric bird shit. They may not even really be shit. Honestly, they may just be on the complete opposite spectrum that you are now. And they believe what they believe. That may be just a harder pill to swallow than, than thinking they're just a big old pile of shit. It's just thinking that they believe in the same degree that you do, but it's in something completely different. Yeah. And a quick example. Mm. We've discussed before about how the great replacement theory is BS and it actually got its start in the 20s mm-hmm. uh, in California and Texas with migrant workers. That's how we ended up with Border Patrol, yada, yada, yada. Well, that's not actually the start of great replacement theory in the US, even though it wasn't called that. The actual sort of first sort of notion of that is when the US was building all of the railroads, when that really started huge after the Civil War, the people that did that, you know, it wasn't for the most part white folks. And it honestly, it wasn't even, uh, you know, former slaves or anything like that. People were brought in from China. Mm hmm to put that in. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the railroads were built, you know, there was this large population of Chinese people that were now here in America mm-hmm. and they thought, Hey, we're going to be Americans. Well, a lot of the places where Chinese people were settling at the time were open areas that nobody was in. Yep. And all of a sudden, well, we can't, we can't have Chinese people living here. And it was shortly after that that some of the first immigration laws were passed in the U.S., and it was to prevent Chinese people from coming in. I want to say there was like a good 25-year period where no new Chinese people could come to the U.S. So that's where the Great Replacement Theory, you know, we thought, hey, the 1920s when it starts, that was a bad, no, tack on 50 more years to that. That just shows you how, how patterns repeat themselves over and over and over again. Yeah, they just they die down and they go underground for a while and then they resurface with a new name. But basically, the principles are the same. Yep. Yeah. Every single freaking time. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, nobody's getting no new information on that end. Nobody wants to learn it. No. And I hate to say it, but unfortunately, there's some folks on the you know, there's some extremist liberals. Oh, yeah. they're just as creepy. (sighs) Will they or won't they listen to something new? I don't know. I just know that I haven't seen them in as many numbers as I've seen extremist conservatives. That I do. Oh yeah. The, it's not that I'm looking for one or the other. They're just there. Yeah. The the leftist group, um, the Earth Liberation Front, they are every bit as insane and crazy as I, I don't. They're almost they're almost domestic terrorists. Um, they will go to do stuff like set every car at a car dealership on fire. Are they like the 12 monkeys? (laughs) 
Um, but anyway, that, but yes, that that's just I, you know, hammer. There's always going to be a an extreme end to every side. Sure, <laughs> and sure. So yeah, but um, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm hoping you're feeling a little better now. What maybe you're worse? I don't know. No, maybe I now mean, that I, you're mad, but <laughs> I do I do feel a little better because, like I said, I've had I've had these thoughts in my mind for you know the better part of the week. And they're just some things that like popcorn in your teeth would not come unstuck. It just, right. it just wouldn't, yeah. and that, you know, like I said, one of those things especially was the response to this and who was responding and how they were doing it. That really, that really yeah. pissed me off. <laughs> that you, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've, We've reached the end of the show. (laughs) Producer Jack kicking in. And I just now thought of this and I wish I would have thought about it when I first introduced uh, that you were going to go on this rant. I should have went with the, the way that Fraser crane always started his radio show when, or when somebody started talking to him, I'm listening. Hmm. I missed a perfect opportunity for that. I apologize. You're fine, but you just gave me an idea. So for next episode so you know what we can edit that in and just move it to the front no one will ever know unless i leave this part in saying that i'm going to do that or (laughs) we can wrap up and say oh baby i hear the blues are calling (laughs) (laughs) toss salad and scrambled eggs (laughs) oh my gosh oh All right. With that, bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world. On Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W. On Facebook, or you can email us k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others if you or anyone you know needs help or support please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org Slash topics slash crisis dash topics. and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.